Grow Your Life, a podcast with stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Well, welcome. I'm Jason Scott Montoya, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Inspirational People. I'm here with my longtime friend, Travis Domert. Hey, Travis. Hello, Jason. <laughs> Good to see you. I'm glad to, glad to have you here today. Um, if you don't know Travis, um, he's a talent development specialist. Um, he's a, been an executive working in um, experienced with building high performance teams. He's done that with Jackson Healthcare, and he's now doing it with a variety of other companies at this time. Um, a good friend we originally met uh, many years ago through, uh, through a leadership program that I've been through um, and that we have mutual contacts with called the Leaders Lyceum. He had a company at the time called I Run, You Run, and it was something that helped me um, cr uh, crush my life of mediocrity and start to learn how to perform at a high level with building daily habits and weekly habits that would change the long-term trajectory. So thank you for joining us, Travis. Tell us a little about you um, and what you're doing and what's on the horizon for you. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Uh, first of all, good to see you again. It's been a little while and um, love the intro that just tells me how much you sort of get me and, and the kind of work that I've done. Um, yeah, sometimes I, I'll introduce myself as a, as a people engineer. And that's because um, in my younger years, I had no idea what I wanted to do, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. And I think I had some really um, misguided pursuits. Yeah. It was well, like, any, any you want to you share with us? <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, you know, first of all, it was a, it was a pursuit of um, money, you know, the, the, a definition of success that was very material. Mm. And it was like, how do you make as much money as possible and retire as early as possible? Yep. Yeah. And honestly, I thought that would be 35 or 40. Okay. Yeah. I had no concept of a lifetime of work and pursuit of purpose. Yeah. And uh, I also had no concept of the fact that you're going to live for like, you know, hopefully 60 <laughs> yeah. years after that, you know? <laughs> well, I, I think there was, I don't know if, if you felt this way, but for me, like a little bit of it is um, you kind of feel like work is in the way of life. I want to get yeah. work out of the way so I can go live my life. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so anyway, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I picked what I thought was the hardest thing I might like figuring if I came off that one and went. I'd come down the hill from there. So I started out in engineering, got an engineering degree in undergrad and um, found pretty quickly that that was not the thing. And so then I went to IT consulting okay, and worked with amazing people, this really awesome culture company based out of Austin, Texas. Um, it had been written about in Fortune magazine. Like it was cool before dot coms. Yeah. And dot com came along and I was actually in business school at that time and came out thinking, okay, um, you better get on one of the last rocket ships because like, this is something we may never see again. Mm. And, and we haven't really. Yeah. Um, and so I went to a, another.com. It was a pretty late stage.com that had raised uh, $130 million and we just blew it. I mean, wow. blew it in a big way. Um, but it was that experience that, that started to lead me down this path of, Oh my gosh, maybe this isn't how life's going to work out. Maybe this isn't really a career is keep betting. Like mm, it's like you know, gambling on right? green. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I kind of came to the realization it was a early two thousands a nine 11 kind of triggered some of this is like, wow. Um, I better find something I really love doing. Cause I think I'm going to be doing it for a long time. Mm. I may have to work for a living. Yeah. <laughs> 
had the, had, did the company have a crash as a result of, of that, uh, no, that event? No, it actually is an amazing company. It was called ICG Commerce, and yeah. they were trying to just revolutionize e-commerce. Um, they ended up ultimately selling to Accenture. Okay. But I think one of the saddest and most telling days was when they outsourced the technology that we had built the whole company on. Mm. And we're like, yeah, that didn't really work. So yeah. they kind of went back to being more of a consulting business. Okay, interesting. And traveling around the country uh, post 9-11 world was not, not good. It, yeah. didn't, it did not feel fun. It would probably be like going around and shaking hands with everybody today. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, you know, I was, I was very much seeking what is that thing that is for me? I didn't know what it was. And I've, I tried to run from it, honestly, because when it came my way, I look back now with a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I'm a, a person of faith now, but I wasn't then. Yeah. And so at the, at the time, I was just trying to, like, what is the most logical next thing to do? Mm. Were and, you married uh, at the time? Uh, let's see. Yes. Okay. Any kids? No. No. Okay. So, and that's a really important question because <laughs> that's what, triggered a faith journey for me was having mm. kids like that so radically changed my life and it changed my leadership and it changed everything yeah so we'll have to talk about that but yeah uh, definitely ultimately it led me into the people business okay um, I took a job running a healthcare staffing company and discovering something they didn't teach in engineering school for sure and they definitely <laughs> didn't teach in, in if they taught it in business school I wasn't listening yeah and that is that people are unique mm-hmm. complex too right very <laughs> and I mean, I knew they were different, um, but I didn't know they were unique. Yeah. And the, the difference there is that I saw people as undeveloped versions of a perfect self. Okay. As opposed to perfectly different. Mm. And as I began to learn about uh, talent management and uh, strengths management and first book I picked up on this, actually a client gave it to me. I wasn't even interested. Yeah. She's like, here, if you want to work with us, you have to read this book. And it was uh, Marcus Buckingham's first break all the rules. Okay. And I flipped open the jacket and I remember it said, the golden rule is flawed. <laughs> and I thought, whoa, I don't even think I'm going to want to work with this lady. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be about, you know, <clears throat> it's not about how you treat people. It's about, you know, staying focused on job one or deliver results or get what's yours mm. or something. You know, but if you've read that book, he says, you know, don't treat others the way you want to be treated. They're not you. Yeah. That's abusing them in some cases. You need to treat people the way they want to be treated, mm-hmm. which means you really need how to they understand need, them. need to be if it's in their best interest. Yeah. 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 So anyway, it's yeah. led me on a, on a path and a career of um, developing people. Yeah. Okay. So where does that, that put you now and what's, what's, what's ahead for you? Yeah. So right now um, I'm working on putting content together from really kind of the last 10 years. They've been really formative years for me. Mm-hmm. Um, five years we're working on I Run, You Run, which you mentioned. Yeah. And for somebody who's not heard of that, it, it was a performance and accountability app designed to help people become really better and more successful at work. Mm-hmm. But what we learned is uh, success and performance at work starts at home. Mm. Yep. And so if you have lousy personal habits, good luck trying to sustain (laughs) success at work. Mm -hmm. And it got just really deep and amazing and rich and complicated and messy and hard. Um, 
but it led us to studying soldiers and athletes in particular, because there are men and women out there who do hard things every day mm-hmm. when the rest of us choose not to. Yeah. <laughs> and we needed to understand how they did that. Yeah. And the first thing is we thought they were weird. Like an anomaly that you can't explain. Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. They're just freaks. Yeah. And, and then we went and we found, oh my gosh, there are former athletes, Olympians, pros, mm. seals in the workplace. Yeah. But you don't always recognize them because they look and act like the rest of us. <laughs> and we realized the common denominator um, was the person, but the results were different. So it wasn't the person. Mm-hmm. In many cases, it was the environment. And the environment is created by the leader. So it really led me on a path of leadership development, which the next five years, I got to do at Jackson Healthcare, an amazing yeah. company here in Atlanta. And so anyway, the, those, one, having sort of the crucible of a ton of learning, and the other one being a place to do a lot of application, mm-hmm. almost of a laboratory. and um, To a kind of trial out the things you had learned yeah. um, in that journey. Yeah. So anyway, now I'm, I'm beginning to package and share more of that. So doing more uh, writing and speaking and content creation and, uh, you know, yeah. hopefully, sharing. hopefully sharing. Yeah. Yeah. With Empath Freelancer, the eighth achievement I talk about is to share what we've mastered. Mm. And, and the idea is to create this cycle that we learn and then and people help us. And then we then help the next um, generation or the next, um, the next person that, that needs that help. Right. Right on. So we're in the middle of, uh, you know, the elephant in the room is we're, we're looking out the window and we've got this crisis, this coronavirus crisis and things are, are crazy. But at the, at the fundamental level, there, there are some principles that can help us navigate this. And so one of the things that I've uh, done for years and continue to explore is this idea of, of living better and working smarter. You know, so tell me, what does it mean for you to live better and to work smarter? Is that something you you um, seek out and, and why and, and how do you go about it? So tell me about that, living better and, and working smarter. Yeah, I love it, Jason. Um, well, I think it may be even indicative in the name of my consulting business, which is called Quadrant Two. Okay. And, you know, it's taking an 80-year-old idea and unpacking the gem in it. And mm-hmm. it Covey made it popular, but Eisenhower created this little four quadrant matrix of, okay. you know, are things urgent, not urgent? Are they important, not important? Mm-hmm. But what we found is that the soldiers and athletes almost live in quadrant two, which we call the performance quadrant, or I do. And it's, it's the important, not urgent stuff. Mm-hmm. The thing that gets most neglected, <laughs> most, most likely. Most neglected at work, most <laughs> neglected in today's busy culture. Yeah. And so. And what why, I'm, what's the, if, if you were to kind of, narrow in on the problem what's is it because it's hard or is it something else oh it's a wicked combination (laughs) uh it's hard typically those things are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um those things look like drinking water instead of coffee they look like doing push-ups instead of chilling on the couch yeah uh (laughs) making making sales calls um digging into uh, a post-mortem on a speech that you botched yeah. Instead of just saying, you know what, let's get a glass of wine and forget about it. You know, yeah, it's learn hard. and reflect and grow. Yeah. So yes, it is hard. And then the other thing is it's competing against an onslaught of stuff that we've just never, we've never faced before. And we're not equipped to face, mm-hmm. which is, you know, thousands of messages a day 
uh, via whether it's your inbox, <clears throat> your device, or media, however, mm -hmm. you, however you're being targeted. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but we're we've got this fire hose pointed at our mouths, our faces, <laughs> and you're saying like, oh, but I should reflect. Mm -hmm. And people are. I have no time to reflect. How do I do that? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and so is it, I, I, part of it, I guess the sense that I get is there's a lot of reactive. There's a lot of um, almost um, I'm letting life happen to me versus sort of stepping forward and saying, this is how I want this to, to unfold. Exactly. To take a little bit more um, sovereignty over our own life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So living better and smarter for me is yeah. um, making small tweaks that are intentional. So mm -hmm. just putting little intentional moments in the day. So intentional about how you start the day, intentional, you know, try to do something intentional every 90 minutes to two hours, mm. because that's about how much willpower we have in, yeah. in two hours. We're going to start to veer off course. Yeah. And so some people who think, Oh, you know, I just need to, I just need to keep my foot on the gas and just hammer it for the next, you know, five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <just> <laughs> Well, have, have you seen that research where if you work 60 hours a week, you get, you get a little performance boost, but then you go into the red. And then if you do 40 hours study, you get more performance over time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. So tell, you mentioned, you made the comment about small changes. So tell me what, what do you mean by that? Cause why, why can't I just sort of change my life dramatically across the board? Why, why do you say small changes? Yeah, I love that. Uh, really for two reasons. Uh, one is they're, they're proven more effective. So you, when you go on to change a behavior, you have two options. Um, tweak it and take very small steps in that direction. Um, or you can be, I, I, sh I should say there are two ways that, you, that I believe you can do it successfully. Um, one is, is the tweaks and the other one is radical. But the radical means you also have to completely change the environment. And it's just mm -hmm. harder to do. It's, it's, it's less realistic. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, if I want to get in Navy SEAL shape, I can begin doing the baby steps that lead me to a lifetime of fitness. Yeah. And, all, and I've got to just continue to put on more effort and little by little. And, and, you know, there's a number of things to how you do that. And there's periodicity and, uh, or period, periodization and, and things like that with long-term training. Or, you know, I enlist. And, yeah. and, and I go to Coronado Island and, and I get the living crap beat out of me. And that's, that's another way to do it where yeah. you, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. So, well, and that kind of brings me, you know, to mind just the situation we find ourselves in this, with this crisis is it, it is, it is dramatically transforming the way that we do life. And so in my mind, based on what you said, there's an opportunity here. So mm. it, it, what do you see as that opportunity is, Here's this radical situation unfolding. How can we sort of lean into that as a way to be more intentional or as a way to change some things that maybe we have struggled with doing? Yeah, well, one of the biggest things is, you know, your, your environment just got completely flipped. If you were somebody in a corporate office who someone would know if you weren't at your desk, someone would know what you were looking at. Someone would know if you paused to read for 15 minutes or, you yeah. know, it was all like under a microscope. Mm. And so the behavior tended to be in compliance with the boss, with the expectations you thought the boss had of you. Yeah. And there are people I'm sure right now who are at home and their boss says your webcam needs to be on all day, mm. which is a crazy sort of extreme <laughs> yeah. lack of trust and crazy concept. I'm sure that's happening. Yeah. But for most people, it's a chance to say, wow, if, if I wanted to design my day, 
what should I do? And so that's, that's the kind of stuff I'm speaking on right now. I'd say the first job one is tackle your sleep. Mm -hmm. Nothing drives performance like sleep. So, um, and and why is that? Tell us, tell us why sleep is so important. Uh, it's, it's benefits, you know, start physiologically Mm -hmm. and and then it it bleeds into, uh, mental, emotional, even spiritual. Yeah. So physiologically we're, this is how we're designed. Mm -hmm. You know, we are designed to go through cycles. Yeah. And we have this daily down cycle where about a third of our day needs to be turned off. Mm. And, and so physiologically, um, the body restores, the, the body slows down, it heals, it cleanses, um, the, shrel, the cells shrink, they, they, they get the garbage out. Um, we, we create uh, memory formation. And so the things that you've been working on during the day, whether they're physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, in sleep, they get worked on more. They get refined. They get put in place. Mm-hmm. When you don't have it, obviously bad things happen. Yeah. And, and so we don't get enough sleep as a country. Um, now, if somebody can't sleep, well, that just, that's just sort of like peel on the onion. Yeah. Uh, so why not? And in some cases, it's, it's, it's tactical things. You, know, you, you usually win or lose the sleep game the night before. You can't just suddenly say, okay, Jason, I want you to go from <laughs> sleeping five hours a night to sleeping eight hours a night. Yeah, yeah. So you, you just start cracking all those little habits. Okay, so um, what time did you go to bed? What did you do before you went to bed? What did yeah. you eat before you went to bed? What did you drink before you went to bed? What did you talk about before you went to bed? You know, and all the way, like I, I worked with one woman who just couldn't sleep until we finally figured out that if she didn't have dinner by seven, it was like game over. Because it, it all, it was like dominoes. They just rolled until she got to bed late and was exhausted and, yeah. and stuffed and, you know, all, all these yeah. things. So, yeah. Have you read the book When by Dan Pink? Uh, I have not. Okay. It, is that just, his new one? That's his new one. It, it recently came out and, and it was a fascinating read for me, but it, it talked a lot about um, just timing of things. And, and, it, and some of it is the physiological in terms of the body. And, and one of the things that, that he talks about is this idea of, of, of this trough. So in the afternoon, we have this kind of this mental energy trough that we fall into. And, um, and, you know, so how do you, how do you, how do you know, if you know that's going to happen, how do you prepare for it? And then how do you respond when it happens? So maybe that's a time to take a nap or go work out or anything like that. But anyways, the book is, it's a fascinating dive into some of the types of things it looks like you're, uh, you're exploring there as well. So, yeah. 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 So let's, let's kind of shift to like, okay, so let, you know, you've talked a little bit about what does it mean to live better and work smarter for you um, as a, as a, as a husband and a father and a leader, how do you help others do this? That, that, that's a whole nother, that's one thing to try and get ourselves to do it, but to get to someone, to help someone either teach or inspire them to do it, it seems often impossible. So tell us about that. Well, it's, I'd say helping others starts with you. So, you know, the very first thing I would tell somebody who's wanting to help others improve their habits is go back to the beginning of our conversation. Um, You know, you start by modeling. And I think leaders often um, underestimate the influence that they have over people. Uh, The entire culture of an organization is just your boss. Mm-hmm. You know, you can read about the, the mission, vision, and values, and you can see what the CEO does, and you can hear about the press releases, yeah. but it, it's the bulk of your day is what's it like to work for him or her, and what it's like to work for him or her is how she treats you. Yeah. That's what you experience. Like, I have no idea what my boss intends. 
I only know what my boss says and does. Now, a lot of bosses would push back and they say, well, why don't, why are, no, 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 I don't like that. So what do you have to say to those bosses? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really care if you like it. <laughs> um, good luck with fighting it. Yeah. Prove, prove me wrong. Yeah. And, and so, you know, at I Run, You Run, when we were saying, okay, the key, the essence of I Run, You Run was identify the five to seven most important things you need to do every week to be successful and then track and do them. And it was very interesting because often the, presidents and CEOs and, and senior leaders of companies would bring us in mm -hmm. and say like, this team needs to sell more. They need to do, this team needs to do better with customer service. This need, team needs to do better with quality operations or whatever. I'd say, okay, we can definitely get into those things. Um, we would teach them concepts about like time and energy management, this notion of rhythm and, and that personal habits power professional performance. And, and usually caring leaders would say, okay, that's fine. You can talk about sleep and exercise and diet and stuff like that. I mean, we're not going to make anybody do that stuff. And I understand that it's fine to educate people. And they say, all right, great. And now let's talk about you. And they'd be like, whoa, this isn't about me. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, a team will never sustain behavior better than the leader. Yeah. A, a habit that's more virtuous, that's more consistent with the culture than the leader. Mm -hmm. um, they will for a little while and then eventually they'll quit. Yeah. Because if you've got somebody really living the way and the leader isn't, it's a deep values conflict for that person. Mm -hmm. And so they'll leave. So we tell the leader, um, there's, there's good news and bad news. Good news is if you go first, if you get as vulnerable, transparent, and hardworking on becoming a better self, you actually get the benefits of it. So your life's going to improve. Your marriage is going to improve. Your relationship yeah. with your friends, all, all this stuff's going to be better. Here's the bad news it actually still doesn't guarantee that it's going to work. It's just required. Yeah. <laughs> so step one is you have to work on you. Step two is actually you have to help them work on them. Mm -hmm. You can't make them. But the big thing there I would tell leaders is you got to take such an interest in someone that you're actually for them. Mm -hmm. And being for somebody helps means you got to help them figure out who they are. Yeah. Why they are. You got to help them develop their own sense of purpose. And it can't be yours. Mm -hmm. Because... Yeah. Achieving your potential is too hard. Mm -hmm. So if they're going to achieve more of their potential, it's got to be for them. And as a leader, that means, okay, so it takes time, it takes energy. You got to carve it out somewhere yeah. to actually talk to people about, wow, you matter to me. Mm -hmm. And your output matters to me also. Let's be honest. I yeah. care if you do your job. Yeah. <laughs> but I know you'll never really love this job um, if you don't have a, your own reason for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like one, one of the things we did at Jackson was uh, put a class in place. Absolutely love this class. It was developed by uh, an outside consultant and it was so consistent with stuff we were doing at I Run, You Run. Yeah. Um, but it is called Unique Value Proposition and told everybody, you need to go take this class and figure out who you are and why you're here. Before like we for ever... your personal, your personal motive, reasoning and motivation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like how and, is, the, how is Jackson... <laughs> or any company we're in, how is it a vehicle to help us live out who we are and get to the destination we're going? Yep. And if you're a leader thinking, I, I'm not sure I really want to do that. First of all, I don't have time. Nobody has time. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Everybody has time. You know, we well, if, if we don't make the time, the time will eventually make us. <laughs> exactly. So it's not a time thing. It's an intentionality thing. 
But some people would say, it's just not relevant. You know, I don't mm-hmm. have that kind of relationship with my people. I'm not going to get involved in their lives. This is work. Not interested. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm just not interested in that. Say, fine. You're never going to get the potential out of your people. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be hitting that roadblock, which is inter- ironic, I guess, because they want the performance result of what you're describing. They just don't want to do the thing you're describing. Exactly. And that's where, you know, talking about sleep, for example, you know, I tell leaders uh, that the number one KPI in a company, in my opinion, should be average hours of sleep per night per employee. But it's too intrusive. Nobody's, nobody's going to do that. You know, it would be too much. But the answer then is not to not talk about it, yeah. not encourage it and not model it. So anyway, you know, if a leader is saying, you know what, um, I know sleep's important for other people, but, you know, I, I get five hours of sleep. I like my wine at night. I like my Netflix at night. I like my routine. I like whatever. I'm a night owl. You can come up with a gazillion excuses. But at the end of the day, if you're tired, mm-hmm. you're not your best self. Yeah. You're not as creative, relational, patient, caring. And so it's, it's less likely that your people are actually going to think that you care about them. Yeah. So anyway, those are, those are things I would tell a leader, you know, yeah, is yeah, if yeah. you really, really just care <laughs> about results, you still got to care about your people. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I agree. So let's, let's shift to get a little more specific, kind of talk about this idea, you know, that I share is stories, stories to inspire, stories to teach and systems to help us do some of the things you're talking about. So let's start with stories. You know, what's the story that's resonated with you or a parable or a fable or an experience, or maybe even some, uh, someone has modeled something um, that has really resonated with you, affected you, kind of stuck with you. Um, what, 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 what do you have to share with us? Yeah, well, there's a few. Um, one is the story that led to I Run, You Run. Okay. So Mark Newton's story. Yeah, yeah. Tell us is, a little bit about that. That, that was an inspiring one for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Mark Newton was the founder of I Run, You Run. He's a good buddy here in Atlanta. Great man of faith. He's father, husband, um, such a solid guy. But he admits very vulnerably that I Run, You Run came about not from his own ideas, but because he was failing so badly. And so he had taken on a a new type of business that he really liked, but it meant that he was going to have to shift everything about what he was doing. And so um, he had to go get new customers and develop new relationships and, and it wasn't working. So he said, you know, after a few months of this, he, he realized he was going to go broke. Mm -hmm. He could not get people to call him back. He could not get people to refer him clients. And so um, he was going to quit. And he put his head down on his desk and he just said, um, he said a prayer. He said, God, if you don't want me to do this, today's your day. I'm done. And if you do, I really need you to show up and show me how to do this because it's not working. Yeah. And he said, um, you know, he said, God's really showed up for him a couple of times in his life. And that was one of them because he didn't hear voices or anything. He just knows in one moment he was desperate and ready to just quit. Mm-hmm. And the very next moment, he had some clarity that came from somewhere. And it's a, he just said it was an answer to prayer. And it was, it was three things. It was uh, take your business plans and throw them in the trash. Mm-hmm. And he had them on his desk, so he slid them <laughs> in the trash. And then it was write down the five or six most important things you need to do to be successful each and every week. And so he wrote down six things. And then it was start prioritizing and tracking those things only. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he did get one other thing that that for people of faith, this would be maybe cool. Other people yeah. would say like, this sounds crazy, but um, <laughs> he said he also got a verse from the Bible. Okay. Yeah. And it was second Samuel twenty two thirty five. So that specific, but he did not know the verse. Yeah. So, so he, he looked, looked it up, up. <laughs> and he built a little spreadsheet and he put his six things in the spreadsheet. And at the bottom, he wrote out second Samuel twenty two thirty five, which was King David before he was the king. Um, saying, you trained my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You, you broaden the path beneath me. So my ankles do not turn something along those lines. I'm probably not getting it quite right. But basically, as you strengthen me for battle, mm-hmm. and it changed Mark's perspective instantly. He said, David was not saying, oh, nobody calls me back. Oh, I'm so busy and tired. He said, God, you prepare me for battle. I can do anything with you. Mm-hmm. And so Mark actually wrote at the top of his spreadsheet, war, W-A-R, and said, okay, doing these six things is my battle. Mm -hmm. There's no more complaining. Um, I got to do these things. And then he found out he wasn't doing them because he created a little scorecard. (laughs) And he was distracted with other things and not doing the things he should have been doing. Yeah. Like all of us. Yeah. You know, and he was busy. He was working. Yeah. But he realized when he kept score and he weighted all those things out of 100 points, then at the end of the week, he should have 100. Yeah. And after the first several weeks, he was averaging in the 30s. Yeah. So he had to really deeply look at how did he work and how do you move this score into the 90s and mm-hmm. how do I not get distracted? And why is it that every single Monday I have to start over again? Yeah. But he did. Yeah. And he said within six months, his business took off. He started getting referrals from people he didn't even know. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? It was like yeah. magic. Well, <laughs> those he, six things every day. <laughs> yeah. He took responsibility for doing the stuff that matters. And what do you know? It pays off. Yeah. And well, I, yeah. I remember, you know, for me, when I, when I did that, um, I had a similar increase, but I remember specifically that once I got my, my things, I don't know if it was six or seven, but, um, I ended up being able to get everything I needed to get done by Tuesday of every week. And I had three days left and all of a sudden I realized, man, what was I doing with all this time? I could have been wow. performing at a higher level doing it in less time. And, and it was eye-opening for me. So, Yep. Well, it's very interesting that you share that because what I have found is most people's entire I Run, You Run dashboard could be done in less than two hours a day. Mm-hmm. But if you reclaimed two hours a day to be intentional, and this is in every facet of your life, it's hard to believe it boils down to just a couple of hours. Yeah. But you've got to take amazing care of yourself. And that's physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. You've got to, you've got to nurture the relationships that matter in your life. And that's your personal life and your professional life. Mm-hmm. You need to keep learning. And then you've got to do something like the core part of your job. And what do you know? Like in a couple of days a week, you, can, you could be dramatically more impactful with intention. Yeah. So that's really interesting. I've, I've never heard somebody tell me that. Yeah. Because usually, you know, <laughs> most people are, most people are like trying to pull it in on Friday and Saturday, you know, yeah, yeah. myself included. So, yeah. so anyway, and, 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 and I carried it over to my freelancing. I mean, I really, I created this structure and, and, and I have what I call my focus metric. I actually narrowed it down to one thing. Um, and then there are activities that sort of can help lead to that. If I need to, depending on, on the context, I can change, change it around. But, um, but I carried that forward. But I, as I'm thinking about this and, and this story that you've shared, um, you know, I'm thinking again about this crisis 
you know, someone's, the, it is, the storm is raging, they're looking around, they're concerned, but what you're saying is maybe this could help you in the storm too. So maybe speak to those people that might be kind of afraid right now, or they might be distracted, or they might be paralyzed. Um, right. Because of the situation we find, how could what you're saying help them right now? So important. It, you know, um, it, it breeds resilience. It breeds confidence and it breeds a healthy person. Mm-hmm. And it's like turning the lights on and you become your own generator. You, beca- you go nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly you can start to light things up that you, you just didn't even know were possible. You know, you yeah. can focus on what's negative. Um, or you can say, you know what, I'm going to do, I'm going to make, first of all, I'm going to make the best changes I can to be the best me. Yeah. And part of the best me is going to be, how do I help others? Mm-hmm. Um, the best me is not a black hole, you know? Okay. And again, that was, that was the early learning in my career. <laughs> like what's yeah. the point of working? It's, it's not to, it's not just material gain, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and I also, over the years, started using I Run, You Run in different career um, search programs and career ministries and having people in transition. Yeah. So, well, what are the five or six things I should do between now and whenever I start working again? Mm-hmm. And I'd say, well, they're probably the things that you should have been doing all along, but let's, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about that. Um, get in the best shape of your life. You cannot believe the benefits that come from that. Yeah. And it's not just how you look. I mean, some people... They, they're not happy with how they look, but this isn't even about that. Yeah. You get in the best shape of your life, your brain functions differently. And so like one of the best books I've ever read is Spark. And it's about how, how exercising the body affects the brain. So you actually can become smarter. You can become more patient, more caring, more creative, more resilient. So I'd say, okay, use this time to get in the best shape of your life. And next I'd say, pick a couple of key relationships and don't go crazy, but just put 10 or 15 more minutes into those relationships yeah. every day or every week, you know, put one hour into those, um, get, get the relationships that matter the most to you in the best shape they are. And you know what? Stuck at home. Wow. That's actually an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So this, this crazy crisis where people are sick and dying and, markets are free falling or bouncing all over the place. Um, From home, there may not be a lot you can do about that, Mm -hmm. but there are things you can do inside your four walls that are going to start by making you whole and healthy. And the amazing thing is when you get the best shape of your life and you have great relationships, I'd say in there as well is your spiritual health, whatever that means for you. Um, Even if it's just, I don't even know what my spirit is, you know, I'm not a spiritual person and say, well, then get quiet for at least two minutes. Mm-hmm. And what do you hear? And what do you think about? Yeah. You know, like yeah. there are still spiritual or faith practices that you could embrace. Even if you said, I'm not a religious person, well, that's fine. doesn't matter. But from those things, you can experience a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. You can become more positive. When you do the right things, positivity comes just like happiness comes. You pursue happiness, you every corner that you light up, you can't find it. It's not there. Yeah. You say, forget happiness. I'm going to go pursue significance. Yeah. And all of a sudden, happy shows up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> now I feel happy. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a result, not a not something to go after. 
Exactly. And yeah. so I think that's another opportunity here is I don't think we've ever had a time where more people were hurting, more people were uncertain, and there's more opportunity for you to do things of significance. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as, as you have nurtured yourself and you're feeling whole, you can do something as little as sign up for his free Zoom account and do a Zoom call with a mm-hmm. grandparent, with a friend, a cousin, somebody who lives alone, a neighbor, um, and just ask how they're doing. Yeah. And, and you'll find like, oh my gosh, like that person's so thankful. And when someone gives you gratitude, it lights you up some more and, and you just start to realize like, wow, this is an opportunity. Yeah. The world is still a beautiful place yeah. and it's still full of people who, who are walking around every day needing to be loved. Do it. Yeah. I like it. So let's, let's shift a little bit to um, systems. Let's talk about yeah. systems. What does that word mean to you? And how, how does that relate to what we're talking about? How do you apply it to your life? What systems do you use that are most helpful? And in the context we find ourselves for leaders, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you've yeah. already shared a couple, but tell, tell, dive in a little bit more here. So for, for me, systems means any model that has a, a predictable path and likely a predictable outcome. So any proven model to me could be a system. Mm-hmm. And so I think some systems, you know, there might be a software component, there might be a napkin component, and there might be a mental <laughs> model. Yeah. Um, I Run You Run was a life-changing system for me. Yeah. And so I still use it. Mm-hmm. You know, we closed the company, but I still, I still keep the tool up and keep it going because I haven't found anything that's quite as simple as it is yes. and effective for me. Yeah. So that's my, that's my system number one. You know, um, have I checked in with, and, and, you know, I've gone a little, well, not overboard, but I've gone a little further with it. And that's, you know, I've got one dashboard that's purely about life and one dashboard that's purely about work. Mm-hmm. And I say, am, am I feeding them both? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got another system that came out of I Run You Run that was realizing, wow, even if you have amazing habits, um, you can't sustain them forever. Like we're just not designed to do the same thing. We're not robots. Yeah. So one of the systems I refer to as a rhythm, but it's sort of a system is every 12 weeks, I take a week off mm-hmm. uh, from, from tracking and I run, you run. Okay. And one of those days uh, is a, what I call a PQO, which is an idea I borrowed from um, Greg McEwen who wrote Essentialism. Yeah. And so I don't try to make lifelong changes. I don't try to make lifelong commitments. I try to make you know, 90 day sprints. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that, I get to decide, is that something I want to keep doing or not? And so I take uh, usually, like a quarterly checkpoint of sorts. Port, yep. Personal quarterly offsite yeah. is, is what I refer to it as. And so that, that PQO is a, is an essential system. Mm-hmm. And so it allows me to look up and I look out and I say, okay, are my dreams still my same dreams? Are my big goals still my big goals? Are my short-term priorities still my short-term priorities? They start to always tweak a little the closer you get. Mm-hmm. And now for the next 90 days, what is it that I need to consistently do to stay on track? Yeah. And then recommit. And that's been as essential or as important and as impactful as having a daily or a weekly system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a larger rhythm. You got the daily rhythm, a weekly, I kind of think of it monthly annually, um, even several years, you know, (laughs) so yeah. Yep. So those are, those are 
two things. Um, you know, there's another one though that I learned at Jackson and um, from a leadership development consultant who does work there. And it's built off a, a model called situational leadership. Okay. And then he's kind of created his own coaching model out of it. But it's just really simple. Whenever somebody is taking inventory, and it's this really for performance management, but I try to take it myself. How am I doing and what do I need to perform better in my job? And I love the simplicity. He just draws a circle and creates a pie chart and says, okay, take that pie chart and label the five pieces of your job. And one of those pieces, if you have 35 or 100 pieces, you know, is miscellaneous or it's the last bucket that catches everything else. But there should be four or five main things that you're responsible for. And then in each one of those, evaluate based on how the world's going, changes in technology, what I know, um, how things are working. What do I need in that bucket to perform at a higher level? Mm -hmm. And so I might need some learning. I might Mm -hmm. need some technology help. I might need some coaching. I might need some more time. I might need some more practice. Yeah. Um, And, but that simple model, whether I'm doing it myself or I'm working with somebody, um, provides so much clarity. Yeah. And and so that's, you know, I, it's a model, but I would call it in a way a system because if you, Mm -hmm. if you come back to it and you do it and you draw the pie chart and especially if you're a leader and you're doing this with your people, um, first of all, they are so fired up to be like, oh my gosh, I'm on the same page with you. Yeah, um, and, and the clarity that can often be so elusive. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's, there's a real, there's a, here's another system that I love for employee engagement, which is Gallup's Q12. Okay, I'm not familiar. Tell us, tell us about that. So I mentioned First Break All the Rules, which was like that first <laughs> like profound book on, on strengths management that I, I read all those years ago by Marcus Buckingham. And he was at Gallup. And anyway, from their study of literally tens and hundreds of thousands of employees around the world, they, they deduced the smallest set of questions, which ended up being 12, the 12 questions or Q12, that if you strongly agree with them, will suggest you have a place that will attract and retain high performers. Mm. And given the, you know, the, the rigor behind it and all the research and everything, I mean, I'm just like, I'm turning the pages. I can't wait. What are the questions? Like, <laughs> these are going to be they the must most be amazing. so profound. <laughs> yes, they're going to be so <laughs> profound. And the first question is, I know what's expected of me. Yeah. Wow. And they said, don't, don't bother going on to question two. If you don't two, have the two, first one. <laughs> yeah, two through 12 are a waste of time if you don't have number one. So ask people on a scale of one to five or one to 10, like how, cl- how clear are you on what's expected of you at work? And you probably won't get very many tens. Mm-hmm. And it's just profound. So when you can write that little pie chart and say, you know, I expect that you are going to be doing um, whatever, you know, if it's a marketing job, a sales job, operations job, whatever the job is, these four or five things and these are the words I use, and this is what it means to me, and this is what success looks like, they're just like, oh my gosh, I can do this. Yeah, it's very, it's just taking the time. Yeah, It's that important, not urgent thing, right? That you said earlier. It's quadrant two stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't think, yeah, we talked about that before we started the call, maybe, or did we talk I about think, it? I think it was, uh, uh, I don't know, but I guess yeah. the urgent or not important versus important, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. we did talk about it. So, um, well, okay. So let's, you know, kind of, 
uh, you know, start wrapping things up. Um, life can be unfair. It can be challenging. We feel that now probably more than ever. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's, we're in a crisis. And, um, so there are also moments in, in, in addition to the, to the tragedy of life, there's also joy and prosperity. So as people that are watching this or listening, um, as they're, you know, listening to you, um, what part, you know, what are the parting words of wisdom that you would have to share with them? Mm. I guess the first thing I would say is that we are, we are all in this together as one thing, you know, don't think of yourself as so different. Mm -hmm. We are different. Yeah. But your experience is not so different. Um, everyone, no matter how great they look on Facebook or Instagram, everyone is going through something. Everyone has a voice inside them that sometimes tells them they're ugly that they're not smart enough. Um, everyone. And if that, if you're listening to that voice too much, you'll start to believe it. Mm -hmm. So the flip side of that is to say, everyone has more potential in them. Everyone has greatness in them. Mm -hmm. And I can't promise them that they're going to become famous, but I could honestly, I could promise them they're going to become better. Mm -hmm. And the hardest things that you endure are the things that make you better. Mm -hmm. So when life isn't fair, it's an opportunity. Yeah. When we experience hardship and loss, I'm not going to say it's a good thing. It's an awful thing, you know, especially if you're losing loved ones or, um, I, you know, I've talked to people who've suffered incredible tragedies, physical, emotional, mental. Um, it's just amazing to me how many of them come out and say, I'm better for it. It wasn't a good thing that happened. Yeah. But something good can come from it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just would want to give first a message of hope that everyone um, has something in them to give. Yeah. And the, it comes from the hardest things we go through. So the unfairness is just perception. It's just what you think of it. So um, think of your experiences. And if you can reframe them is, wow, this, this rough economy, wow, this, being, this um, loneliness I feel from being shut in, well, it's the exact same thing that somebody else is experiencing and they're using it to get stronger. Yeah. So you can too. Um, you know, I would, again, I know not everybody has the same faith perspective I do, but I would tell somebody just, just consider, is it possible there is something that we don't see and don't understand in play? Mm -hmm. beyond nature, beyond gravity, beyond all the stuff that we can touch and feel and yeah. measure. Is it possible that things like right and wrong and love are suggestions that there's something more out there? And if there is, and I'm not going to put any names on it, whatever you want to call it, I have my system. <laughs> and if you want to know, ask me. But if there's another dimension out there, then I think it's possible that something exists like God. And if you can, 
If you're a person with an eternal mindset, or you could open yourself up to the idea of there being eternity or another dimension after we die, it also changes how we live every day. Because yeah. you start to see that, you know, even if you just look at geological time, yeah, you know, like we're this life we have is just this little thing. A speck. It's a speck. And it's, for some people, that's terribly sad because yeah. they're like, oh, my life doesn't matter. Um, I'd say, oh, it's, it's, it's preparation for this thing that comes after, which is, yes, which is amazing. Um, so anyway, I just encourage people, the hardest, the most horrible thing somebody's going through or has had to endure equips them to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that can suddenly redeem the horrible thing that you endured. Yeah. And so much so that people who life's been easy, ironically, life will become hard at some point because you didn't get prepared for it. You didn't get yeah. hardened, you know, mm -hmm. worked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, I, and I can relate to that too. Just, you know, when I shut down my marketing company in 2014 and went through my own personal crisis, um, it was very hard and traumatic and panic and depression and anxiety. And, um, but in a way, this current situation, I feel prepared for because of what I went through and the character that yeah. was built in that. And it's, I'm in a very different place now than, than I was then. Oh, that's good. Well, I'd love to, I do want to talk more about that. Um, yeah. I know we don't have time necessarily this morning, but I'm so glad that you are back on it and, um, and doing these kind of things and sharing stories and systems and ideas that are going to help people. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Any, any, anything else you wanted to share um, that we didn't cover or that you wanted to share? You know, there's only one other little story that I was thinking I'd love to share. Yeah. Because it was so impactful for me. And yeah. um, it was, it was actually, it was a pastor, but it was, yeah. it was somebody who's, who just shared kind of a secular perspective on something. She said she'd always heard that iron sharpens iron. Yeah. which is a proverb in the Bible. But um, she said, I honestly never understood how that actually worked. How does one piece of iron sharpen another piece of iron? You know, <laughs> and, and if you've ever taken material science, like, you know, you, you can't scratch something that's harder than you are. You know, like you, you need different materials, don't you? You know, <laughs> and I started thinking about it and I started really, I don't know how iron sharpens iron either. And so she went to a blacksmith and said, how does iron sharpen iron? And he goes, oh, I'll show you. And he took two pieces and he stuck one of them into the coals and he kept the other one out. Um, and as soon as it was red hot, he took it out and wham, he hit the cold one on the hot one. Hmm. And it, and it started to form it and he hit it again and he hit it again until it made a sharp edge. He said, there you go. Just make sure that the one's hot hmm. because if you hit a cold one with a cold <laughs> one, that, that, that will come back and hit you in the face. Yeah. And she's like, oh my gosh, that is brilliant. And yeah. she came back and taught a lesson on the analogy with people is that the heat and the fire is the thing that prepares someone for the truth. Mm. And if you don't warm someone up and you hit them with truth, mm. it will come back in your face. Yeah. You, you ha they have to be receptive to what it is you're, you're bringing. Yeah. And she said, for most people, that's love, that's trust. Mm. So build a relationship with someone before you whack them with the truth. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think that is brilliant leadership advice. Yeah. So if you know somebody in your company is screwing up, it's so tempting to be like, oh, you, you did a terrible job on that call. Yeah. Um, you're late again. You, you're judging, 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 judging. And you better fix it or I'm going to fire you. Mm-hmm. And you, if you don't have the relationship, don't be surprised if it comes back to you with a finger pointed at you. Well, you weren't clear on when this thing was due. And da, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah, that and, relationship matters so much. Yeah. Like if, if you know I care about you, and, in, and you walk in late and I say, hey, can, can we talk for a quick sec? Well, they know it's probably because they walked in late again. I'm not going to do it the first time they do it. <laughs> but I start out with, what's going on? Are you okay? Yeah, I, I did notice that you were, you were late. And I noticed that it, at least what I've perceived is you've been late a lot lately. Like yeah. three times this week, you came in after nine o'clock. But what's going on? Yeah. Um. It's not about being late. It's a symptom of something else, you know, yeah. but anyway. Yeah, that's great. I, well, just, I, yeah. I wish more people had that perspective yeah. as leaders and knowing that, wow, leadership is not as, it's not as hard to lead people as I think a lot of people think. Yeah. And almost, almost everybody can be led. Yeah. I, I think so often, at least, especially in the, the digital realm on like social media, I think we do try and sharpen iron, cold iron, yeah, people we don't have a relationship with and it just hits them or us or whatever, you know, it's, it's not necessarily, it doesn't stick. Um, right. So it's an interesting, you know, idea in the social media realm of things for sure. Um, so, well, thank you so much for sharing and um, how can people connect with you? You know, how can they figure out what, what you're doing? You're, you're putting out videos and stuff, you know, tell us, tell us about where people can find you. I'll, I'll put a link um, uh, below here, but, but, you know, tell them here in the video as well. Sure. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. My, my main channel is LinkedIn. Uh, okay. I'm there. Uh, if you search Travis Dahmer, I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, you can get content. You can see what I'm up to. Um, please reach out, feel free to connect. And then as well, you know, if I'm, if I'm offering something or teaching or speaking, I'll often post it out there. So um, that'd be the best way. All right. Well, it sounds good. Well, I'll connect people with you on LinkedIn and uh, any, anything else? No, thanks, bud. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. You're welcome. It's good to catch up and uh, I'll, we'll see you around. All right. Sounds good. For additional stories and systems to live better and work smarter, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. Thank you for joining us today and we'll see you on the next episode of Grow Your Life.